Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. A historic season last year for the UW Superior men's basketball program. And Wyde and I are thinking they could have quite the season this year as well. We are so pleased to once more welcome onto the pod head coach of the men's basketball program at UW Superior, Greg Polkowski. Coach, thank you so much for making the time. How are you doing this early fall? How has your offseason gone so far? Well, Ryan and Wyatt, uh, first, thanks for having me uh, again. Uh, it's, I guess, turned into a yearly tradition here now of uh, looking forward to, to connecting with you guys once or twice a year, uh, now that you guys have been doing this for a while. So uh, thanks for having me. Um, and, yeah, as far as the offseason goes, it, you know, as I'm sure you guys are aware, um, you know, this year with the NCAA Division Three, you, you have those – that opportunity to use some earlier practices. So normally we wouldn't be starting until, you know, this coming Sunday or following Monday uh, with the official start of practice. But we've, we've had a couple thus far. And I, I told our guys when we were warming up uh, at, our, at our first practice, and I was kind of just going up and down the line, if you will, when, when they were warming up that, yeah, we've had, you know, April, May, June, July, August, start of school, September. But honestly, it felt like it felt like we just got done two weeks ago. Now, don't get me wrong; we, we had a good off season, enjoyed the summer, you know, did a lot of stuff here on campus with camps and all that. Had some good family time. But from the basketball standpoint, uh, and maybe it's because we returned a lot of guys to it. It honestly felt like we we just you know got got off the bus two weeks ago and, and we're right back at it. So uh, I'm excited to be with our guys. Did have a good off season, but uh, it, it like anything went fast. Yeah, we appreciate the context on that, Coach, and being able to get at it a little bit sooner. That's definitely nice to be able to do. Before we move into this actual season, give us a, a highlight or two, if you will, of your offseason, getting away from basketball. We talked to a number of coaches, and sometimes it can be hard to shut it off with recruiting and the portal and camps that you have to run and so many other things. But what's one or two highlights for you from this offseason where you were able to hopefully get away from the game a little bit? Yeah, no, did all that, you know, the camp stuff and all that that you mentioned for sure. But as far as getting away, um, you know, I'm from north, the northeastern corner of Wisconsin. Uh, it's, uh, you know, fairly desolate area. I'm from Goodman, Wisconsin. So it's, it's definitely a place you can go to get off the grid and unplug. And, uh, you know, my where we are in Superior, too, there's a lot of things to do in the outdoors. So, so me and my family, uh, you know, we went camping there for a few days and, um, it's, it's not, it's really off the grid camping. So we were, we were really in the middle of nowhere and there's no phone service, anything like that. So it, uh, that was good. That was good to, you know, obviously I'm from there and you know familiar with the area. So kind of had a chance to, you know, reconnect. I don't get back there often, but it was truly off the grid, you nature, my family. So that was good. And then, uh, we usually make a, a yearly 
trip down to the Milwaukee area, you know, know some people from my time down there and, you know, do the brewer game, the brewers and, uh, you know, just taking everything in, in that area of the state. And uh, so that, that was another good opportunity to, you know, disconnect, get away. And then I had another number of opportunities, I should say, throughout the summer, um, you know, June, July and August in Superior is, is our best weather. So to get out on uh, our, our big beach here in Superior is called Wisconsin Point. It's miles of beach, and anytime I get out there is, is always a positive. So I would say those are kind of my, my three highlights of the summer of disconnecting. Where did you say you were from, Coach, in Wisconsin? Small town, Goodman, Wisconsin. It's about an hour and a half north of Green Bay. Okay, so you're over there. And uh, in regards to great Wisconsin tradition and, you know, the cheese curds and all that great stuff. I was at an event in Bayfield, Wisconsin recently. You know where Bayfield is by chance? It's kind of close to Superior. Oh, very close. I was up there. Uh, you know, I didn't get the – I don't know if you were just up there for the the annual Apple Fest. Yes, I, sir. I, mm-hmm. Okay, I went, I went up there the weekend before – we got our Bayfield trip and fix in the weekend before my, my son's oldest birthday was this past weekend. So that replaced us heading up to Bayfield for Apple Fest. But no, it's it's a great area. Uh, got married in Bayfield. So it's a it's an mm. awesome area up there. And yeah, I'll, I'll sit and talk Wisconsin, uh, whether it's cheese, whether it's destinations, whether it's hometown festivals. I, I uh, I've been to dozens to say the least of of in every one of those venues so anytime you want to talk wisconsin anything i'll 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 do a whole podcast or series with you just on that topic (laughs) all right well we'll uh we'll definitely circle back i don't know if that's in your future or not (laughs) did you enjoy apple fest i did so the reason we went so my wife uh we well i should say her cabin and now i'm kind of just you know how that works i got adopted into that through through marriage it's in iron river wisconsin and so that's maybe like 45 minutes from Bayfield. And we knew Apple Fest was coming up and I'd never been. So we went this weekend and I would say uh, two thumbs up for me personally. I, I think it's pretty cool. So I highly recommend that to anybody. But um, getting back towards. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pause you one time there just for a second where if you don't mind uh, sharing this personal information where yeah. I'm, I'm very I'm pretty uh, know the Iron River area pretty well. Oh, actually. Sure. Where, where where in Iron River are you? Yeah, so if you go... Uh, or if it's on a lake if, or not on a lake? Or? Yeah, it, it is on a lake. So, and, and, you know, if anybody's listening, they can check it out. It's uh, Long Lake Road oh, yeah. is, is what it is. So you go past the A&W, you turn there, and then we're, we're on that lake, one of those lakes back in there. So You take a, you take a left after the A&W. Left after the A&W. You got yep, it. Yep, I, I know right where it's at. Yep, my, uh, my wife had, uh, had some family out there, too, but, no, it's a great area out there. Oh, look at this. We got more connections than we ever knew, Coach. This is great. I love it. It's fantastic. Well, well, next time we'll do the podcast at A&W and Iron River. There we go. I love it. A great deal. So, uh, yeah, no, that all sounds good. So getting back to more of like your off season and the different ways you like to spend it, I actually want to go back to the end of last year and not with the loss to Bethany, but rather the win in the semifinals and just what that must have felt like. You guys had a great season. You not only won that game, but you beat Northwestern three times last year. You beat them in the conference tournament. It was a great atmosphere. I still remember watching that game. I mean, in the locker room after the game, can you just kind of take me back to what was going through your mind, what you said to the guys, just what it felt like to be in that moment? Yeah, that, that, um, 
I, I still don't know if that sunk in completely. Um, <laughs> not not only the semifinal win, but just the fact that you know, obviously, I have great great respect for for Coach Groves and the whole Northwestern program and everything that's been done there for for years. Um, in the fact that you know we were able to do that, have that win against Northwestern, haven't beaten them previously in the regular season. I I don't take that for granted for a second because I know how big of a challenge that is, um, and and we've never done that. Um, so that that was a big deal in and of itself, and to have that game three occur, you know, in the semifinal at our place, uh, we had a great student turnout that night. Um, you know, honestly. I, I don't know if there really was this big locker room moment after because the end of that game and the environment that existed in that gym uh, that night, that, that was kind of the moment, if you will, that, you know, when we kind of, I think, went on a late push there to separate and, and kind of knew that we had that in the closing minute and, and to enjoy that with, you know, everybody that was there that night. I guess that was the moment. Uh, it was a great environment and uh, obviously celebrated that in the locker room and quickly turned our attention to, you know, what was the upcoming game. But but we knew that everybody there, especially the guys coming out of our locker room, understood the, the magnitude of the, the opponent that we had and what it was going to take to, you know, let alone beat that team once in a year. To, to, to be able to go three times is, you know, we're don't take that lightly for what, you know, what it took to do that and, and don't take it lightly, you know, on what it would take to do it again. But um, yeah, just really enjoyed that moment. I think if our guys look back, if you were to ask any of our players, you know, there's a lot of moments in that game that I think they'll, they'll remember for a long, long time. Yeah. And it felt like a staple of your program over the last multiple years, coach, in the fact that you locked it down so well defensively. I mean, we saw throughout the season, what you guys did offensively and winning some more shootout type of games, but to lock it down, defensively in that moment when everything was on the table to keep your season alive. I have to imagine that had to be very, very satisfying for you guys to do it in that way. Cause why didn't I always joke? Nobody locks you down and makes it harder on you offensively to score than, than UW superior. So is that fair to say that maybe it even felt, I don't know if, if it can even feel better on that night to do it in that way where you hold them under 60 and really put the clamps on Northwestern. No, you, you kind of, you know, we're, you read my mind here across the, the, the wavelengths here. <laughs> I, I think it was, if anything, you know, kind of thinking back your question again, I think it was almost, you know, like you said, kind of a culmination of the year, you know, a culmination of who we are. And, uh, you know, we don't get too fancy with, oh, we got to do this against this team and this against that team. And, you know, maybe that's something we need to improve in too. But, you know, I, I think, you know, we go out there and, and we're us and we try to be us to, to our best ability. I know that's some coach speak right there, but I think in, in, the, in the semifinal game, I think, you know, we got to – we kind of caught a good version of ourselves. Obviously, we're trying to catch that version every time out, but it really was a culmination of who we are as a team. And, and you know, we didn't get lucky by making this shot or that shot, but we were able to play, you know, 40 minutes of, of our game and, and, you know, it was a culmination of who, who we had been working to be all season in that game. I don't want to keep jumping back and forth from on the court to off the court. So I'll ask this last question about off the court now so that we can focus on basketball. But since we started talking about Bayfield and, you know, Superior, so we obviously, anytime we go to my wife's cabin, we drive right through Superior. That's how we cross mm -hmm. over into Wisconsin. One of the spots we like to stop at and eat is Culver's. But I'm curious, 
do you got a secret spot for me that we could eat that would be, you know, new, different, maybe a small town diner? I don't know. Is there something we should be, are we missing something in Superior? Oh, yeah, you definitely are. Um, and don't get me wrong, Culver's is, is a good gift. It's all. It's all. Yeah, I, I live, uh, text time you go through there, text me. I'm nine blocks uh, behind <laughs> it. I could jog okay. down there and meet you and work off uh, the, the custard that we eat. But, there uh, we go. But yeah, no, you come through town. If you want to get two superior dining experiences and, and probably experience a little bit of the community while you're dining, is uh, you need to go to Anchor Bar and Grill. It's, uh, it's okay. a burger place on the, the north end of Tower Avenue, which is one of the, the main drags in Superior. Go to Anchor and you'll, you'll, again, that's a whole other podcast session that you'll have <laughs> to let me know about your experience in there. Yep. You'll get a, a great, very very fairly priced meal and you will be able to experience superior at its fullest within that 35 to 40 minutes inside there um if you're not feeling a burger that day there's a, a pizza place that is, is really unique it's called uh thirsty pagan um mm. they've, they've got great pizza there there's usually live music uh yeah it's it's a, both those are, are great places so those would be my first two that i would tip you off to and if you drive by after you go over the bridge and you go past Culver's and you forgot to stop at either of those two, on your way out of town, on the, on the edge of town, on your way to Iron River, on the left, there's a place called Gronk's that they've kind of got a little bit of everything there, too. So that, that could be your, your backup plan there. See, I'm, I'm serious about this, Coach. I, I don't just <laughs> I, ask I for the too. sake of asking. I, I, will, I will absolutely check these places out, and I'll report back to you. Well, I'm not I'm not, I'm not extending the invite just to extend it, either. You know, <laughs> feel free to reach out any time. Sounds good. I appreciate that. All right. As much as I like the conversation about food and it's making me hungry, <laughs> I, I think we will we'll pull back here to uh, to late last season, Coach, and not to you know pull you away from the scene that that was on that Friday night on campus in Superior and that awesome crowd and great performance you guys had that we just talked about. But let's move to what happened two days later. You know, going in, you knew, I should say, you and your staff, the test that it would be against a Bethany squad that you took to the wire earlier in the season in December when you guys were down big late and you made a huge push and almost beat them at the wire. You're playing them for the third time in the season. You know the atmosphere you're walking into. I'll stop rambling along and just ask you, what do you remember about that experience, the preparation from you and your staff with your players coming in, and then what you saw in the game? Understanding it's not the result you wanted, but as I said off the top, it was a historic season for you guys, and it came up short in the end. But what do you remember about that day in Mankato? Uh, a few things. Um, one, and, I, and I've had the chance to talk to Coach Garvin, I think a couple times out recruiting this summer about uh, about that day, about that game. Not even as much the elements of the game. We did talk a little bit about that. But I do think for UMAC basketball in Division Three basketball at any level, uh, in any league, that was an uh, amazing atmosphere, and that's a you know credit to you know Bethany Superior people that were in the gym that day. That you know I don't know if they were you know I don't know if they were cheering for either of us, but that were there that day, that provided an awesome atmosphere. Um, you know, definitely a top three that I, I've ever been a part of. And first, I'll say that. That's what I recall. I thought it was a great atmosphere. You know, Coach Garvin, you know, I, I said to him, I said to him, I said, have, have you had games like that before? Now, I don't know if he was just telling me this to tell me, and, and you could, you know, double, <laughs> triple check with him. But he said that was one of the, you know, the most 
I guess, intense, I'll use that word, uh, you know, atmospheres that, that he's witnessed there too. Again, he could, you can circle back and, and confirm that with him. But uh, I thought it was an amazing atmosphere. I thought that, um, you know, you talk about preparation and whatnot. You know, Bethany had a great year. Bethany had a great year. I thought we, you know, really learned a lot in game one at their place. Uh, I thought we played better at game two at us and had a little more control of the game, but that we turned it over a little bit and, and they took advantage of that. And then I, I thought in that playoff game, um, well, again, and, and I do preface things, that's, whether that's good, bad, or otherwise, but they won the game. They won the game. They earned that win. Um, I did think that we got outside of ourselves a little bit and, and didn't necessarily put our best version of ourselves out there for, for all 40. Uh, that being said, Bethany beat us, no doubt about it. I thought we worked back midway through the game to you know put ourselves back in that fighting position. And I thought both teams were playing great there. There was a period in that, in that game that, yeah, I think early second half that both teams were really playing well. And I, I thought we, you know, they, they played, they played a stronger 40 minutes than us and, and they, they beat us. But I thought, you know, there were some highs and lows to us in that game. I think it was an amazing learning experience for us that, that I know for sure, whether it be players, whether it be coaches, uh, you talk about preparation. I, I think that very much showed us a lot on, on preparing for, you know, if, if that game ever happens again, and obviously we'll play them two times regardless, but in that setting, um, I think we learned a lot from there. And again, you know, they, they beat us. They, they had a great year. They played a great game against us that night. And, and it, I don't think it was one specific guy. I thought their whole, every guy that stepped out on the floor for them, I, I thought really contributed. So I learned a lot. We, we learned a lot. That was a takeaway. And it was an amazing environment. And, uh, you know, I thought we had two good teams going at it, and, and Bethany won that game, and, and, and obviously, the, clearly they did, but they earned that win, and, and uh, all credit to them. But it was, it was a great day, you know, win-lose or, or whatnot. Yeah, I think it really encapsulates what UMAC basketball is all about, watching that crowd and watching you two teams go at it. It was a lot of fun to take it in. As we kind of transition into this year, Coach, I think I've brought up his name every time we've discussed you know superior basketball or had you on before so I'm going to bring his name up again because you know a lot of time people say well you're losing this guy you're losing this player uh, you lost a coach Joe Kramer I played with him in high school you know yep. I, I gotta I gotta bring him up I mean congrats yep. to him for moving on oh, yeah, but definitely, definitely not uh, not an easy guy to lose I'm sure as you head into this year either though from your perspective no no uh, you know you know you look at when Coach Kramer was with us, and we lose him. And him and I had been having conversations for a long, long time, culminating to, you know, okay, what's this offseason going to look like? You know, do you, do you want to, you know, can you come back one more year? Do you want to come back one more year? And, you know, obviously he's making connections on his end, and as a young coach does, and, and uh, um, you know, landed in a great spot with a great staff and a great program at, at USD University of South Dakota. And, you know, him and I still speak fairly often. Um, I don't know about usually before it was every day we would talk. Now it's, you know, every week, every other week and, and, you know, happy for him out there. But what I was about to say is, you know, you think about, oh, we lost a coach, you know, oh, coach has been with us for, you know, three years, coach with us. But, you know, you look at it, he'd, he'd been with me since the day I had been here <laughs> at UWS with for six years. You know, he played for three years. He coached for three years. You know, we went through the COVID season together. You know, we went, um, 
you know, we, we, you know, we rode a bus to Naples, Florida and back together and, you know, had been through a lot, you know, he had been through six and seven win seasons. And then, you know, for him to be part of that season last year to, you know, play in the conference championship, uh, um, yeah, we've been through a lot together. So him and I are very close, have great respect, you know, for him. And I'd call him a, you know, a former colleague, a former player, I call him a friend. Um, so no, he's in a good place, excited to see what, you know, he continues to do, you know, within his career. But I'd say that, you know, as much as you talk about returning players, you know, returning staff is, is very important too. And I think that was part of last year and, you know, us having the ability to return, uh, coach Katinger and, and, uh, and, and Coach Schneiderman is big. We, we have an addition of what I feel very confident is going to be another great assistant uh, from outside of the Midwest. And, and Coach Dante Samuels um, is going to be a great addition for us, you know, really taking Joe's spot, if you will. And we have another former player that, you know, is from the Joe Kramer era that's going to return to the bench with us and Mac Rechtal that, you know, has a feel for us as well and, and is going to be another, you know, great addition to us on the bench and, and helping our guys. So that's what I think about that. And that's kind of where we're at with that, uh, um, you know, with Joe moving on. Mac, if I uh, remember correctly, Coach, he was one of the best uh, marksmen in the UMAC back in the day. Wyatt and I are looking at each other, remembering uh, when we called UMAC games as students. He could uh, he could stroke it a little bit. So is he going to help your guys' three-point shooting go to the next level this year? Is that the hope? Well, I'll put that on him uh, next <laughs> week to say that Ryan Wyatt says you're going to have to have our three-point shooting go to the – to the to the next level i do remember him playing well at northwestern uh no now that you say that no he i mean he's a worker he's a worker just like joe i mean he spent a lot of time working and getting better and those are the products that you saw on the floor but that's why he can help our team too because he has that work ethic within him and and has the ability to connect with people you know just like joe did and, and instill not only the the technique basketball part but the the mindset and demeanor that has to go with that so we talk about coaching staffs, and obviously I like you pointing out how important that is as well because mostly we just focus on, you know, returning players. But I, I do want to talk about the returning group that you have because it's a really, really good group. I mean, we think of, you know, the guys that Wyatt and I talk about so much. It feels like it all starts and ends with Javon Walker, what he does on both ends of the floor, his emotion, Joseph Fahrenholtz and the leap that he took last season. I could mention more names as well, Coach, but what I want to ask you when I bring up guys like that and the rest of the guys you have coming back, when you have upperclassmen that are returning, that experienced what they did last year, having a historic year for UW-Superior basketball where you guys were doing things that has not been done at UWS in men's basketball history at the school, I say all that to say, do you, in a way, not have to say as much to start this year when you're having those first couple practices this fall? Is it more so than you've maybe seen in the past a player-led team in the sense that they are 100% locked in with what your message has been the last multiple years, and they can lead the program maybe more themselves now. When we think of the Walkers, the Holtzes, the Reed Johnsons go down the line, have you seen that manifest itself at all early on this fall, or do you expect that to manifest itself as you get into non-conference play to come next month? Yeah, I think a, a combination of all of that. I think that, you know, whether it's, you know, we, we have – very uh, little gotten started this year in comparison maybe to where some other teams are at. And we've been on the court a couple times, you know, with, with the official practices that you can use. And, you know, we've had a team meeting and we've been on campus here about a month now. Um, and what I'll say is I definitely can feel a, a year more of 
you know, I don't necessarily want to say maturity, like it was immature before. I don't mean it that way, but I, I do feel a year of, you know, growth, maturity, you know, you could go as far as to say knowledge, wisdom of just, you know, having done it now for a lot of these guys, you know, two, three, four, going into year five with, with, you know, with the exception with Joseph Fahrenholz that, that, that you cannot replicate that any other way. And, and I think, you know, that's what I talked about, you know, at Bethany in the conference championship, losing that game, that, that gave us so much, uh, that just positive feedback on, on, on who we are and where we are and things to reflect on that, you know, so you can feel that within our group. And now when you talk about player led and things like that, do you not have to say as much? Uh, yes, I do believe that to a certain degree that I don't need to say quite as much that they are right there on the spot. I think honesty and in direct communication with a group with, you know, this big group of returners, uh, you know, I said in our, in our first meeting, um, that, you know, we have 26 years of playing experience returning and that's with all of our returners, you know, some of those guys being in year three, four, five, um, and, and, and it's, it's more, and it's not just Javon Walker and Joseph, it's, you know, TJ Moberg, Reed Johnson, Andrew Cornelius, you know, Kyle Bilodeau is in year four. He brings a great wealth of, of, of understanding of the locker room and communication and interaction. And, you know, where do you go with that? You know, is it going to continue to manifest? I would like to think yes. And we keep recognizing those situations and environments that, you know, we need to act on and not have coach say something. Yes, I'll be looking for that. Do I think that can happen? Yes. But I, I also think that, um, that, you know, that's, that's something that you, you can't, you can't replicate that. It, it just, you know, they're, they're going, you, you have to be honest with one another. You have to, you, you don't want to go down this path or the other. We're here now. You know, there's no more, you can't get more experienced and return more experience than what we have. Maybe we will one day, but for the foreseeable future, this is kind of our peak, you know, unless that changes in the next two, three, four years and we bring a bigger group back. But, you, you know, if you want to keep getting better, you have to be honest and direct and we have to trust the relationships that we have with one another and within the locker room. Because I, I do think there is a, a place where you can come complacent or content or think not I'm not not going to use the word title because that's we're not going to allow that to happen but like oh we're here oh we've done this before well we can't get comfortable thinking that we have to stay on edge and and to sugarcoat that in any way I think would be not the right way so us having the connections that we do have um, and if we want to see it to continue to manifest like we can only run our stuff so so much we've been running it three four years we've been practicing it three four years so well, how do you get better you got to talk you got to communicate you got to challenge one another you got to respect one another so i think that's the biggest key to us continuing to grow that experience that we do have and not letting it just be experience but to allow it to grow to another level that that we don't know yet that's that's the challenge and the exciting part at, in, at the same time i obviously you can see i, I kind of stumbled on my words there because i have never been in a position to answer that question but that's that's kind of where my mind is at in regards to that oh, coach that was great you're making me want to run through a brick wall with that i i tell you it's uh I, and and going off what you said i kind of want to get into that because feel like superior basketball is in a position you haven't really been in before because you have the success last year you have these pieces coming back like you mentioned do you feel like and I'm sure all offseason leading up to the start of practice you've been waiting for this year do you feel like 
you have a chance to do something special and you're in a position that maybe is uncharted territory for you and your guys. I would imagine you're pretty excited about getting this season started for that very reason. Yeah, I think I think it's uncharted to a degree. And I think, you know, last year, you know, last year when we were sitting here, I'll say October 9th last year, we'd, we would be getting ready to start practice in six days. We also returned all those guys, but it was unknown. We didn't know what it was going to be. And they had not logged as much game experience, practice experience, locker room experience, all of that. And you, you had a, a new player at that time, which was which we which he just graduated this past spring and Levy Miguel, that was an unknown as well. So but there still was a lot of returning experience. Now, fast forward a year later, you do have all that returning experience, you have seen it in action and what it looked like as returners. So you kind of you're like, Oh, well, you know, this could happen again. Well, it could or it could not. And, and that's where I go back to us needing to be very direct, very honest, not overlooking anything as much as as much of a grind as that might be for people of of really because this is kind of our our one goal of it with this team um could it be special yeah could but i i don't or it could not you know so that that's where we have to be very diligent and detailed in in every day and that's not a pressure thing that's not a pressure thing we need to play loose we need to be free. We need to enjoy each other, enjoy the experience, and, and go about our work in a certain way. You know, and you talk about what it could be. That's where I am excited as well. Where, and I, you know, what we talked about in that Northwestern game of our identity, you know, and we played to who we are. We need to keep doing that. And can we turn the dial and move the needle on who we are? If we can move the needle on who we are, well, then we see where, where things how they shake out what we can't have happen is have the needle stay right where it's been uh, that that's the that's what i'm on guard about um and i was going to add one other thing to that in regards to the experience in, in my it got me lost in my thoughts there but um yeah you know we we have to stay on guard that oh this was the thing i was going to say the other piece that's unchartered a little bit for us i feel like we've always played strong non-conference schedules but but this year is I, in my opinion, the strongest non-conference schedule we have played and the timing of some of these games is going to be an extreme challenge for us. So, you know, while we were battle tested at times, you know, last year with certain games and whatnot, this year, I would say that that needle has, has you know, gone up in, in the level of competition we are going to face. So that's going to be a different experience for us, but I'm excited to see how we handle that and how we, you know, obviously we're going to look to do the best we can in every game and then how we carry that um, with the poise and composure, whether it be win, lose or whatever it is into conference play. So that that's something that's kind of out in the air too, as we look ahead a little bit. Coach, it's, I tell you, it's something, it's like you almost know the next question I'm about to ask you. And for everybody that's listening, I promise he doesn't. We didn't rehearse this or anything, but I want to ask we about the schedule. We have not been to Culver's yet. We <laughs> haven't, no. It, it might no. happen. It might happen, <laughs> but your schedule. At McAllister, you get Lacrosse and River Falls, Scholastica, Stevens Point, always a very strong program. And even your first two conference games are against, you know, Crown and Morris, who are always very solid programs. So, yeah, I mean, that first month and change, at the very least, you're going to do a ton of growing up in that time frame. It can do nothing but good, I would imagine, as the season plays out, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, or I know, that, you know, you list those first three games off, that's all occurring in 
I don't know if that's the 96 hours, four days, whatever the math is there, that we play three great opponents in, in four days, one of those being on the road, two of those being at our, our home tip-off classic this year. And, you know, at Division three scheduling, you, you try to schedule it best you can and, and provide rest and whatnot, but this is just – how it's worked out for us this year, um, you know, from a scheduling standpoint. So, yeah, we're going to get tested right away, big time. And, you know, if you could find success there, great. If not, it's another great opportunity for us um, to to handle ourselves. And it's a long season. Obviously, we're going to go out to play our best game and, and put our best foot forward on all three of those nights. And it's one at a time. It really is one at a time. And I'm, I, I feel guilty even looking that far ahead of things and talking that way. But it's it's one day at a time. And you, you roll with it. But, yeah, you know, Point's going to be a, a great program this year. Yeah, that, that, that Crown Morris weekend is big. You know, you throw Claire in there. Buena Vista's in there. Ripon College is going to be tough. You know, at St. Norbert Tournament. Um, you know, there, that, the, the 2023 version of that or part of that schedule is, is packed with a lot of, uh, you know, big-time opponents, in, in my opinion. So it'll be, it'll be a great first couple months of the season for us for sure. One final one from me, Coach, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. And again, thank you so much for for taking the time and your busy schedule to do this with us. I know this may sound like one of those cliche questions and, you know, you could answer this in so many different directions, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You mentioned earlier, you're obviously busy off the court. You have a young family. You have other obligations. Why is it worth it to continually do this for you? Because the hard things, the quote-unquote hard things, could be preparing for a season like this in the waiting period, doing the recruiting, do these, doing all these other things. Why didn't I talk all the time about the fun stretch being in the February frenzy in the UMAC? And then it's a privilege to play in March if you get to that point. That may be, I shouldn't say easier and put words into your mouth, but that may be a point in the season where it comes more naturally. Why is it mm-hmm. worth it to you, you at, year after year to do this whole stretch in the offseason leading up to the year with all the recruiting, all the practice planning, finding new coaches, new players being in the portal, what makes it worth it to you to keep at this? Uh, well, what's worth it is um, that that answer has changed. That's for sure from what it was, you know, five, six years ago to what it is now. But I can tell you what it is now is that we have a great and this is not I'm not saying this because it's the right thing to say or this is what you say on in an interview. We have a great elite group of people in, in basketball players in you know, guys in our locker room. We have a great group of guys that, you know, I, I enjoy being around them a ton. And, and you know, I, I don't know, hopefully they enjoy being around me too, but um, they're a great group of guys. They're an awesome group. Um, it's fun to be around. You know, basketball is kind of the, the binding tie that, you know, that's what we do together. But they're an awesome group to be around. So, so that's part of it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you know, I've been around basketball my whole life, and, and that's what I do. You know, I have a young family, and my wife and kids, they sacrifice a lot for it in our extended families. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them, and huge thank you for, for allowing allowing me to do this because it is a sacrifice on their end as well. And to be honest with you, you know, yeah, it's about the guys. It, it really is. It's about the guys. But, you know, I'll take it a step further, and, and you said cliche, and I, I probably sound cliche here doing it too, but – you know, Ryan Wyatt, it's, you know, you're living, that's living, you know, to, to put yourself out in those environments 25 times and hopefully 26, 27, 28, 
you know, you cannot simulate that anywhere else in life. You, uh, in my opinion, you know, maybe jumping out of a plane or something like that might come close. <laughs> I don't know, but um, you know, to to put that amount of work in and to see other people sacrifice and put the team first and to get an environment of unpredictability. You, we could do, you know, the the pickums and who's going to win this game and that game. You do not know what's going to happen in any given day, uh, whether it be practice, whether it be games. And if you're really going to push yourself in those environments to be the best you can be and know that you're going to fail along the way, some way, somehow, you know, you can't simulate that anywhere else in life. And, and I think, why do you keep doing it? I mean, you know, that's, that's the, that's the thrill of the game. And, and that comes in the version of baseball, softball, football, hockey, whatever it is, you can find it in other areas. Obviously we're partial to basketball and, and things that go along with that, um, that are unique to the sport, but I just don't think you can simulate anything else like that. So again, it's about the team always is always will be, uh, my connection to the university. There's pieces there with, you know, having gone here and the community and our alumni are, which are awesome. That's part of it. But, you know, deep down, you know, why do you keep doing it? You know, it's because, you know, there's a passion for it. You love it. Just like our, and this is not about me, our guys do it. You know, I, I'm, I am spoiled, maybe selfish, even in a part that I get to be a part of this with our guys, you know, that that's them. And I'm kind of along for the ride to a certain degree with that. But I mean, I, I think, you know, if you want to test yourself, you know, in a lot of different ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, college basketball is a good way to do it. And, th and that's why we're doing it. So I, hopefully I can answer that same question in 10 more years, but um, <laughs> that, that would be my answer right now. Love it. Absolutely love it, coach. And why didn't I talk a lot about how many say, you know, October is ordinary because there's the noise to come in November. You have the fall sports coming to a close in the NCAA tournaments and the UMAC playoffs for fall sports. Why didn't I cover? You have basketball starting. That's all exciting. But everything you just said, there is nothing ordinary about it. I hope that half the coaches in this league have as much energy as you do in October and how excited you are clearly that we can hear for the season to come and what's to come for UW superior men's basketball. So appreciate you opening a vein a bit. And again, for being generous with your time and chatting with wide and I a little bit, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch and we look forward to uh, catching up later on once we get into the thick of UMAC play. But again, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. No, thank you both for having me uh, have a great start to the year. Enjoy your October. I uh, look forward to seeing you on the road or on the on the, on the phone again next time or at Culver's on Highway 2 if you get up here again. <laughs> Appreciate you the best. Thanks, Coach.